0: This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 188. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Creative Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. I'm here with my big, bald, beautiful, Kind of smirking podcast today with no mustache, thank God. <laughs> Christopher J. Graham, good to see you, my dude. It's good to see you too, man. How are you? Dude, I'm so good. And here's the reason why. It's because we have done 188 episodes on this podcast. And except for the episodes that I, I wasn't on because of my honeymoon, these just absolute shit headphones that were $19 <laughs> have been with me for every episode. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see how cheap these Ugh, are. Get
1: them away from the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just Ugh, they're disgusting. There was a hair.
0: And yeah, I've just—I'm so happy that they're still alive, and I've—I've I've been using every episode because I know you are such a huge headphone fiend that I feel like you—you've—you've lo- you've lost respect for me for these headphones.
1: The hilarious irony of this is—is—I uh, i get to pitch an affiliate link here. This is pretty exciting for me.
0: Oh God, no!
1: On the flip side of the coin, I'm over here recording this podcast with a three thousand dollar pair of headphones. <laughs> They are, there's this company called Odyssey that makes ridiculously awesome headphones that I I now use as a professional audio person. And uh, they have a whole series called the LCD series.
0: That way, when I burp into the microphone, you can feel every aching sound. You can,
1: but it's hilarious. because. So they sent me a bunch of pairs of headphones uh, as part of this. And if you want to get a nice little discount... This is really, yeah, you're going to
0: pitch $3,000 head. I mean, I'm wearing $19 headphones and I'm perfectly, I can hear you just fine, Chris. So I can switch it up. I'm, I'm not going to put on
1: these other uh, $1,200 headphones that they make. What? And you got two pair of headphones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is, so this is why you watch
0: on YouTube because Chris Graham looks like a big old idiot right now. You're wearing $5,000 <laughs> of headphones on your head right now.
1: But it sounds great. And I get stereo surround sound when I put them on my forehead like this. <laughs> but yeah, the LCD series. My God!
0: If anyone in our audience spends three grand on headphones, I'm gonna I'm gonna backhand you unless you are using them for some professional thing that is actually making you way more money than that. That's the only excuse you have. Case
1: in point, I'm gonna take these off my my <sighs> the other pair off.
0: I'm so am so I'm so disappointed in myself for bringing this. I up.
1: know you walked right into it. It was like it was like Lori to talk about headphones. I was like, <laughs> oh okay, Brian. God. But the, the the nice thing about these and there's actually some businessy content here.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah.
1: Because as a, a mastering engineer, uh, owning a, a, a mastering business, Kyle, my assistant, works with me on that uh, business, or at least did up until today. He graduated. He graduated, and he's moving off on his own. He's, he's, so he finally he finally quit and
0: said, he did the, he did the uh, half-baked quit scene where it's like, fuck you. Fuck you.
1: You're cool. I'm out. Yesterday was his last day, and- we got on Zoom at like 10 o'clock at night and we just chatted for three hours <laughs> In, into the, the threshold of him no longer working for me. And it was so nice. But when he was helping me with mastering stuff, he has the same pair of headphones I, I have. We've, I also have the LCD Xs. And so he would hear exactly the same thing that I would hear. And at a high enough resolution that we could actually do our job remotely. It was freaking awesome. Oh, it was so cool!
0: Kyle is actually on episode one sixty seven, where we interviewed both of our assistants. Episode title: How to Hire an Incredible Assistant Who Will Transform Your Business. So that was uh, Kyle was in that episode, and and James, my past and current, and hopefully future assistant, was on that episode. I would like to to say I'm to blame for you losing two people now, Chris. Partially to blame, at least. Brian Skill is one of my coaching clients for for uh, marketing, and then Kyle is in my boot camp right now for the Accountability Accelerator Bootcamp for Profitable Producer Course students.
1: Those guys are both unbelievable. And it has been so fun for me to work with people and then see them graduate. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so cool.
0: Let's talk about uh, ways that we can help more of our listeners graduate in their own businesses. How about that segue? Hey,
1: hey content. Yeah, talking
0: about today's episode topic. Today, uh, I wanted to, this is an episode that is, I've been, it's been percolating in my mind for a while now because I am like, I'm having to make hard decisions because of exactly what we're going to talk about today. It's all about bottlenecks. In, in our business, there are, we, we actually have this episode outlined, so hopefully this goes smoothly today, but there are three personal bottlenecks and five business bottlenecks that I would call single points of failure. And actually, if you go way back to episode 38, we have an episode called Uh, 10xing your business by identifying and eliminating your single point of failure This is another one of those episodes where we kind of go back and rehash some old stuff But we have a (laughs) that was like three years ago four years ago We did that episode and there's so much more to talk about today because I cannot tell you How frustrating it has been in one of my core businesses that I have this massive bottleneck and six-figure creative specifically We're going to talk about that today Just one of my one of my businesses and there's this, this bottleneck that has been holding me back for the past year probably a year and a half now, and I have just not fully addressed it. And so I'm going to talk about that today. So this is going to be real in the weed stuff for me, but there's just there's just so many examples. And I think this will apply to everyone here. And uh, and even Chris and I talking beforehand on this episode, there's even things in his own business right now that need to be addressed that are bottlenecks. And I think that if we if we ignore our bottlenecks in business, It is to our own detriment because I know that we tend to focus on what we love to do. Chris loves tweaking gear and buying new gear and putting headphones on and trying different headphones on and different camera things and and vintage lenses and
1: and LUTs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I I love like marketing and doing nerdy things like spreadsheets and Facebook ads. And like, I just love, I I love certain things as well. And I have my own demons as far as like what I love to tweak and do for fun. But there are certain things that we ignore because they're not our natural gifts. They're not the things we naturally gravitate towards. And these are typically where our bottlenecks lie. So we're going to talk about these today. And I feel like, all of us have a bottleneck somewhere. And this is this is what separates successful businesses from either failures or struggling businesses is that the most successful businesses are addressing the bottleneck always. They're always addressing the bottleneck in some way, shape or form so that there's at least something going through it. There's, there's a difference between a bottleneck and a complete roadblock. And we need to kind of probably talk about that as well. But let's just get into this, Chris. Uh, let's, let's start with the outline here. We're gonna talk about personal bottlenecks first and then we're gonna talk about business bottlenecks. So first bottleneck on personal is time. I think this is, this, we don't really have to elaborate on this very much. If you don't have time. I think we could do the whole episode on ju- just the time as yeah. a bottleneck. As a matter of fact, like. Yeah, I, I take that back. We, <laughs> we should elaborate on this because if you don't have time to address your bottlenecks, you're screwed. <laughs> you have to have time to address your bottlenecks.
1: You could make a joke about this and be like, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I, I made up this new superhero for the Marvel universe. He's called, has enough time, man. And. He has enough time. It doesn't matter what it is, but he has enough time to do it. That was a very weird thing. You it just it said, is a weird thing, but think about it. Who would win? Superman or has enough time, man has enough time Man, every single time. What a weird superpower. I, I'm not going to argue it because it's, it's ridiculous, but you I'm sure you're right, but let's bring this back to business. Owners. There's all these weird superhero characters, like lady, lady luck, whatever her name is from Deadpool. She's just really, really lucky. And if we link this back to our audience here, if we link this back to our struggle as creatives, not having enough time is the most important thing because what you do with that time can get you anything. It can accomplish anything. It can make any amazing work of art. It can get you any skill that you need. It can get you a relationship with any person on the face of the planet. Time is what you don't have to invest in what you need to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, And time can also be squandered. You can have tons of time and squander it all as well, which is (laughs) kind of what I was alluding to earlier, where you have certain interests, the things that you love, the things you naturally gravitate towards. And so you squander any time you have on these things that are ultimately not the actual bottleneck in your business. So time is first on this list because again, like I said, if you don't have time, you are not going to be able to address whatever bottleneck you have that is holding you back from actually succeeding as a business owner or just as a person, anything you're trying to accomplish, time is... The most viable thing. And the whole reason we make money is actually to buy back our time, or it should be to buy back our time in our businesses. And it shouldn't be the other way around. We should not be trading time to make more money. We should be making money to get back more time.
1: Yeah. This is something, Brian, that I am still wrestling with. You know, I know that what you're saying is true. I've tasted it. You know, I have more than one business and some of them are pretty hands off. That's really, really nice. But you know, having this vision of like what it would look like to continue to improve in, in that, that world, it's, it's important.
0: Yep. Let's move on to number two of personal bottlenecks here. And that is your mental state. As freelancers or any business owners, especially freelancers, there is no separation. There's not really any separation from us and our business. Like we, we are one and the same. We are, the, our, we are our business and our business is us. So if our mental state is is not in a good place then our business is not in a good place. There's no way around it So this is yep. this is what I would call an absolute single point of failure an absolute bottleneck And chris do you want to you want to elaborate on this a bit? Because I feel like this is an area you've been for a long journey on the last couple of years
1: It's funny when your mental state is not at its best that can manifest in a lot of different ways Sometimes the way that manifests is that you get dirty fuel to burn And this idea of dirty fuel i'm fascinated by it. So like revenge is a dirty fuel. One of my favorite books ever is The Count of Monte Cristo. And there's a great movie about it, but the book is just amazing. And it is just the juiciest, most vicious, but justified revenge that I've ever heard about. Like this guy was wronged and he comes hard. Everyone loves a good
0: revenge story in a movie, but it is dirty fuel.
1: (laughs) It is dirty fuel. So he was motivated by, there's arguments that he was motivated by love, but That dirty fuel can drive you to do unbelievable things. It can drive you to spend an incredible amount of time. For me, I love to play the guitar. Sitting down and playing the guitar is, I'm at my truest self when I'm doing that. And I can just go off in my mind for an hour or two. But that comes from a place where I used to play guitar to escape from the world. It was disassociative. It was like, oh God, like I'm trying to process what happened to me at this thing, and I got PTSD, and I can't tell anybody about it, so I'm going to go play guitar. And that dirty fuel drove me to be able to like make a living playing a guitar there for a spell. But at a certain point, that dirty fuel, you have to, to recognize, okay, well, a lot of my skills and my talents are from having dirty fuel. I am at a point in my life where I have to shift to a clean fuel, Something where I'm doing this for not necessarily... Non-selfish reasons. Your issue might not be that you were doing things selfishly before. It might have been that, like for me, with my business, is I had a, a desperate need for control in my life. I didn't feel safe because I hadn't like wrestled with my demons yet. I didn't realize what what was all buried in the back of my mind, and so I built systems to try to control the world around me, so that the world was more predictable because I didn't like surprises. So I got really good at building systems. I did it on dirty fuel and now at this point I have to find a way to Use those gifts but to do it with clean fuel
0: Yeah, so to kind of bring this back a little bit because I I like the analogy of dirty fuel and clean fuel but I think it's important to talk about why dirty fuel is bad because Revenge can motivate us. It can make us do incredible things like you said escapism Those can motivate us to do certain things and like to, to pursue certain things and develop certain skills and implement certain things But when it's dirty fuel, it's putting the priority in the wrong place. We're doing something for the wrong reason and the reason this is a personal bottleneck is because if you are if you were running off dirty fuel, you are working most likely working on the wrong things. And so we talked earlier how you could have all this free time and then just squander it. It's because you're running on dirty fuel.
1: Not only that, but dirty fuel gums up the engine. Dirty fuel deposits nasty crap and the engine starts to slow down. And I'm gonna tell a hillbilly story here. So
0: <laughs> Which I, I would imagine the 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 gunk would make us our creativity suffer in some way, shape, or form.
1: Exactly, Brian. Yeah. Like when you've got that gunk from running on, on dirty fuel, it makes you less than, than what your potential would allow you to be. Now, a great example of this is when I bought my first house, a friend of mine had a riding lawnmower and he was like, you know, my grandpa found this in the trash and he fixed it up. If you want it, you can have it.
0: Is that the one you were talking about on an on a episode before your blue bar, the blue collar mindset issues that you yeah. have? Yeah.
1: I was like, okay, I'd love this mower, but it's huge. It's 25 horsepower, 46 inch deck. I can't get it on a truck without taking it apart. I'll just drive it across town. I remember town. that
0: 46 inch deck conversation. Yeah.
1: Dude, it was awesome. So I I drove it like five miles across Westerville to my house and I would use the heck out of this thing, but it was like 25 years old when we finally had to put her down.
0: Oh, you had to put her down? When did When did that happen?
1: I don't want to talk about it. More. Okay. I'm so sorry for your loss, man. <laughs> I'm serious. Look, I didn't even, I didn't even put her down myself. Like somebody else had to put her down for me, but she'd get real gummed up. Lawnmowers by their very nature, suck in a lot of dirt and they, and they're using dirty fuel and dirty oil. They get nasty. So there comes a certain point in a lawnmower's life where it won't run very well. It won't start. And you need to use a product. We're not sponsored by them, but a product called sea foam. Seafoam, you spray in the air intake of of the engine and it sucks this fluid down in there and it turns it into like flashes into steam and it scrubs the crap out of the inside of the engine. And all of the leftover gunk from running dirty fuel gets flushed out. And like this huge, nasty ozone killing cloud shoots out of your engine. Wonderful for the environment. Wonderful for the environment. And then your engine runs great. Runs really, really, really well. We're
0: going to do a six-figure creative salute to Chris's old lawnmower if you want to learn more about that story go to episode 96 how you're sabotaging <laughs> your business with these five toxic mindsets We did that back in September 2019 chris you talked about your lawnmower in that episode
1: her shifter was a silver skull with red eyes Really?
0: Yeah, she was awesome. It sounds way cooler than you made it out to be on that episode
1: Anyways, she was she was dope Like I basically had to mow the side of a cliff with that thing and it was awesome
0: Yeah, we, you talked about it already
1: but anyways, so let's bring it back to the foam analogy of dirty fuel and clean fuel. So when your mental state is not at its best, that will often give you creative superpowers for a little while. And this is so often like the superhero story. Let's talk about Iron Man, right? Iron Man builds this thing and then eventually it starts to kill him and he has to get a transplant so that he's running a different arc generator that's cleaner, Right. That's the same illustration that I think a lot of us need to have this epiphany that like, I have not been running on clean fuel. My motivation has been trying to impress other people rather than serve other people. And I need to reset everything from the ground up and build this business from a healthy place. Now, I think where this starts to get problematic, Brian, is I've got a little tough love for you. We were having a conversation a couple weeks ago and you were being a little prickly.
0: I am. That's my, that's my default state, Chris. What, what, and what, on what occasion were you speaking of specifically? I don't
1: even remember. There's so many times <laughs> when you're just being a prickly dick like that. I'm just like, oh, okay, it's Brian. and I love him anyways, but you said something. I called you on it and you said, well, that's just one of my flaws. <laughs> yeah. And that I think is a really interesting conversation for this topic. When you look at your mental state, and the, th- the behaviors that you do that harm the relationships with the people around you or that make your business not run as well, or that make, that just get you riled up and make you stupid, it's not efficient and it's, it's not smart and it's not a good long-term solution. And to just say, it's oh, just one of my flaws was probably the stupidest mistake <laughs> that I have made over the course of my entire life. I would be like, well, yeah, sometimes I get nervous and I start plucking at my eyebrows. That's why you don't have eyebrows. I was wondering what happened. I have super thick, beautiful eyebrows, (laughs) but I I used to get weird and I'd start to pluck at them or I would wake up shaking in the middle of the night or I would be in public and I'd like all of a sudden would get really, really uncomfortable uh, and I'd shake my hand.
0: Let me slow you down. I feel like we need to bring
1: this back to the bottleneck conversation. And this is where I'm bringing it back to. To just accept... I'm a creative and I've got some eccentricities and it's just part of who I am. (laughs) That is a mental state bottleneck. Instead of asking, well, why? Why um, do I not want to watch this TV show about a woman having a romantic relationship with a priest? (laughs) Like maybe I should dig into like my complete aversion to this particular thing that I'm avoiding. So I think coming back to when you've got your mental state you're trying to evaluate if it's a bottleneck for you, you have to accept that your flaws are not necessarily who you are. Your flaws are in a response to something that has happened to you. And to bring in this back, another superhero character that we could have, I've talked about him on the podcast before, is Priorities Man. Priorities Man just does the right thing in the right order. That's his superhero ability. And he can beat Superman quite easily. He just needs to do the right things in the right order.
0: Step one, order kryptonite from eBay or Amazon.
1: Yeah, step one, acquire kryptonite. Step two, acquire lead line box in order to hide kryptonite from, from Superman's X-ray vision. Step three, get Superman. This is actually what Lex Luthor did in one of the movies from the 80s. And so if you want to build a successful creative career, you have to prioritize properly. You have to build, they talk about this in the book, the one thing, exponential dominoes. If you take, I use this in, in coaching sessions all the time, but if you take a two millimeter high domino and you step it up next to a four millimeter high domino and then a eight millimeter high domino and so on and so forth, by domino like 36, it's the size of the Empire State Building. And if you knock down that first tiny domino, it will not eventually knock down the Empire State-sized building domino. Priorities are everything in business. I'll say that again, priorities are everything in business. And if your mental state is a bottleneck, you won't prioritize properly.
0: Yep, that is a fantastic point. We've been talking about this one for a long time, but I think this is so many people's bottleneck. Honestly, this is probably the root cause of every bottleneck in, in this list that we're going to go over, both personal and, and business. Let's talk about this just for a, a little bit longer because I think this is worth talking about. A lot of people in our world I'm just going to use one example. We talk about niching down a lot and so many people don't want to niche down because they love doing all these things and they want to explore all these ideas and they don't want to, they don't want to settle down in one, one small idea or one simple area because of that fear of missing out on all these other little things. I think that is, a, that is a mental flaw. I think that's an issue we have as creatives because we feel like if we're going to be pigeonholed into something, it's a false belief that we're going to, we're going to not enjoy what we do. And I think the, the truth is if we were to explore inward and see why do we feel the way that we do it's going to be because we are running on dirty fuel in some way shape or form we are if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs we are not in the self actualization which is the top of the pyramid we're somewhere in the ego which is the second to top and it's because we we are trying to go for validation instead of self actualization and that's running on dirty fuel and i think that so many problems are caused by this and i don't I don't know the solution. I'm still going to be prickly to you, Chris, because you pull up my strings in a way that so many people don't do. And it's just the way that you are because of your flaws and it pulls at my flaws and then we're, we're a feedback loop at some times and people have seen a relationship over the last three years. It's been up and down. Like, it's just <laughs> the way it is. Like right now, that doesn't mean that we can't improve and shouldn't improve and try to build our relationship better. Like we had a little kerfuffle at the beginning of this because of systems issues and like we, we got through that and we're fine, you know, but like some of these bottlenecks we're going to talk about, especially in business bottlenecks later on, some of these things are like, fix it, move the fuck on. So, some of them that way. Mental is not. Mental is a it is an endless game it is something you will be working on for the rest of your life because you will never be at 100 with mental with, with your mental state there's no way to achieve that if you do please let me know because i would love to meet you and have you on the podcast
1: <laughs> please let him know via telekinesis because you will have unlocked new <laughs> and exciting parts of the brain you'll be that that's the the true ability of priorities man as he figured out how to do telekinesis So I think it's worth moving on because
0: we've been on this one for so long and I want to get to the others, but this is, the mental state is the root of all
1: bottlenecks. This is, and and as we move on, let's just sort of leave this in a box that we can come back to. We will have to revisit this. It's funny because as podcasters, we're supposed to be like, hey, we're smart and we're saying cool stuff into fancy microphones and we're clever. You hit the nail on the head and that this journey goes and goes and goes and you continue to do it because- your, your self-actualization is to find your capacity. It's to find out what you are capable of doing and, and what, what unique value you can bring to this world. And to close this up with one thought, I'm going to get the math wrong here, but I think in the human brain, there's about a billion neurons. And those billion neurons are all connected with little wires to each other. And there are a trillion wires in there. 86
0: billion neurons, you nerd, just so you know.
1: So in the human brain, there are 86 billion neurons. Oh, no, we're not going to edit this out. We're going to keep the, we're going to keep the correction in there. Okay. <laughs> I, so, okay. So my 85 uh, billion of my neurons were not functioning properly just now. Only a billion of them were online. But there's something like a trillion of these little neural connectors, the pieces of tissue. My point is it's complicated. How this thing works is more complicated than how anything else in the, in the known universe works. And so it's going to take some time, man. Yeah,
0: hundred trillion connectors, just so you know. A hundred trillion? Be, yeah.
1: 86 billion
0: to a hundred trillion. That's a lot of permutations of things going on there.
1: Wow. Yeah. So at, at this point, the mental state that you are currently in, podcast listener, no living thing will ever be in, including you, for the rest of existence.
0: Yeah. Let's move on. Cause we're, we're in the weird, like mind blowing big number element. So let's, let's bring this, let's bring this back in. I promise you the rest of this episode will not be this heady, but there, <laughs> this is an important one because everything else is, again, you are your business. You're what's it's one of the same. So the cleaner your fuel, the better off you're going to be. And this probably to be completely honest, should have just been its own episode because there's probably more to say with this, but Well, we got the outline here, so we're going to continue you down the outline here. That's how we do it.
1: We know our priorities are wrong, but that's not going to stop us from proceeding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are completionists at heart. All right, so let's move to number three in personal bottlenecks, then we'll get to the business bottlenecks. But number three, personal bottleneck. Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't. Because most freelancers, number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our Absolute Accountability System. So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. Let's just recap real quick. Number one was time. Time is a huge bottleneck. If you don't have time to fix these bottlenecks or work on these bottlenecks, you will not fix the bottlenecks. You're, you'll be stuck forever. Uh, number two on personal bottlenecks was mental state. And now number three for personal bottlenecks is skill. And it's easy to see why this is an issue because if you lack the skill to, to fix the bottleneck or do the thing, especially in business, then that will be a, a, a big problem. Like just for example, if you suck at what you're trying to sell, if you're not good at the service you're trying to provide, you will, you will forever have a massive bottleneck on pricing, on just anything in your business. You, you might not fail, but you will struggle greatly. <laughs> Chris is trying to come up with a, a nicer way of saying that, I can tell.
1: It's an interesting point because every creative that I've ever met in my life has been exceptional in some ways, but often they are exceptional in ways that they don't either leverage for their business or that are the wrong things to be exceptional at in their business. Perfect example, audio mastering engineer, Chris Graham, who knows more about building systems and automation than 99.99% of the rest of the population. Why?
0: I've said it, I've said it a million times, but if you put, put all that skill and talent in, that you know from automation and systems building, if you to put that into literally any other healthy business model on earth, because mastering is a tough business. It is not the best business model. I'll say it straight up. It is not the best. Even in audio, it's one of the worst business models. Only the best mastering engineers do it well. If you put that amount of effort, energy, and time into any other business model, you'd be a multimillionaire.
1: Yep. I didn't prioritize.
0: Well, it's not all about money either. Just, just to be clear.
1: True, true. But I, I, if I had had the maturity to understand that like, hey, you are crazy good at this one thing. That's actually way more valuable than the thing that you get your ego from being good at
0: And this actually goes back to the the mental state conversation bottleneck number two Really? It wasn't a skills issue because you were good at master You're like the skill of mastering was fine The skill of automation you were actually incredible at and and systems building if over a tad over at the time But it's, we grow into it, but but there's there's just anything we're going to talk about especially on business bottlenecks It involves learning a skill and as creatives when we when we gravitate towards the things that we are interested in and we shy away from those things that we're not interested in. We are not developing those skills that we need to develop the most and we are doubling down on the skills that we need to develop the least That was why you got so good at systems building and automation Is because you're doing it out of avoidance because you're running on dirty fuel So you got really good at the systems building and automation and you completely neglected the fact that you had thirty thousand people on your email list for your mastering business The the fact that you could have doubled your prices overnight Which you eventually did and not have to change anything Your business and doubled your income or at least brought it up by 50 percent or whatever, you know, like you ignored so many great things because your priorities were fucked because you were running on the dirtiest fuel possible.
1: Let's be clear. We made a super popular business podcast while I was in the middle of that. Like, like there was a lot wrong that I was not aware of. And
0: I'm, I'm poking fun at you because like, it's just the examples are there and it's easy as top of mind. But like, I, f- I struggle with these same things. There are skills I should be developing that I'm not. There are there are there are mental issues that I should be dealing with that I'm not or haven't or I, or I am but I haven't fixed. There is there are issues with my time that we're going to talk about in this episode what I'm doing to fix the time things that I have in my own personal bottleneck. So I'm struggling from these things myself. I am I am just as guilty as you, Chris. I just it's just for some reason yours or yours are
1: dirtier laundry for some reason. It might have something <laughs> to do with, with the gratuitous trauma of my youth.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: But let me bring this home. When it comes to your skills, you either don't have the right skills because you have a mental state bottleneck or you don't have the time to get the right skills because you have a time bottleneck.
0: You know what? I thought like this is gonna be a two-part episode because we haven't even got to the business bottlenecks yet. And the, I'm looking at the outline for the business bottlenecks and they are true bottlenecks. There are like, but I'm looking at these personal bottlenecks. And to me, these are like, These are so interconnected that I wouldn't call them bottlenecks. I just think that they are, this is just called being a healthy business owner. (laughs) it's because if you can't prioritize because your mental state is flawed and you're running on dirty fuel, then you're going to be working on the wrong things. You're going to be squandering the time that you do have. You're going to not be developing the skills that you need to develop. And so these are all kind of just kind of meshed together into one big lump called yourself.
1: (laughs) You see how we just slowly came around to recognizing that we should prioritize our topics in this episode differently. So we're going to change our outline right now. And now we're going to just focus on the personal bottlenecks. Next episode, we'll talk about business bottlenecks. I think a great place for us to camp out here for a little bit, Brian, is how do you tell when you have mental state bottlenecks? Yeah,
0: okay. So this is, to me, this is easy in some ways and really hard in other ways. So mental state bottlenecks, there's like symptoms for it. One of the symptoms is you're always working on the wrong thing. So that's the priorities issue. Some of them are, um, it can be interpersonal. So like people find you prickly.
1: You're guilty. (laughs) I'm guilty too. I'm guilty too, for sure.
0: It could be like the thing where you you know you should be doing something, but you can't make yourself do it for whatever reason. Some of it's accountability in there. So like that's a different kind of topic for a different day. But sometimes it is like, we know we should eat healthier. We know we should go to the gym. We know we should do this and that. We know we should, like, I'm just using fitness examples because those are easy to conceptualize. I know we should be doing these things, but I'm not. Because something deep inside of me would rather have these other things would rather have that extra dessert would rather have that, that bag of chips because I'm hungry would rather have sit my ass on the sofa and not go on that extra walk or go to the gym or sleep in and not and not wake up early to go to the gym like there's there's certain things that like we cannot prioritize the things that we should be doing in our life. So it's that lack of motivation, I think is a good, another good symptom, a flawed mental state.
1: It's interesting because motivation, really there's two pieces at play there. There's motivation and friction. And often, you know, for me, like, I, I don't really do it that much on air, but I cuss like a sailor in real life.
0: We cuss on the podcast. We bleep it out now just to be family-friendly. I cuss friendly. a
1: lot more in real life. Really? Which is funny because I, I cuss about the same. Even like around my kids sometimes.
0: That's because you're father of the year. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not at them, but like, so so it's challenging for me because it it comes back to neural pathways. What we talked about before is that when you have done a behavior again and again and again, what happens in the human brain is that electrical signals are being passed between neurons over these neural pathways.
0: hundred trillion neural pathways. Yeah, yeah. I learned that today. And as as
1: these (laughs) pathways get used, the brain recognizes that it should insulate the pathways that are being used the most so that the electrical energy from neuron to neuron is the most efficient that it could possibly be.
0: It's basically like, it's basically like out in the woods, you'll see, you'll see animal trails because they're going a certain way every time the trail is worn down. So it's easier and easier. Or think about it like your brain paving the pathway because this is the route most used.
1: The example that's very often used in this conversation about what we're talking about is called neuroplasticity it's the ability to change the pathways in your brain. So the illustration that's often used for neuroplasticity is you're in a mountain with a sled and you have gone down the mountain on your sled again and again and again and again. And eventually you have one path, a rut, and that sled just, it's ice at this point. It slides down that one pathway Now, at a certain point, when you have something in your life that demands change, like what I went through and having to get in therapy and all that crap, is that you get to the top of the mountain and you say, I'm going to try something new. And instead of putting your sled in the same old spot, you turn over to some nice, fresh, powdered snow, and you try to take a new path down that mountain. And it stinks at first. You don't go fast. You get stuck along the way. But you make it to the bottom of the mountain, it takes you 10 times longer than it would your normal path. You get to the bottom of the mountain, you go back up and you go down that path again and again and again. That's practice. And that path starts to get worn in and within your brain, those neurotransmitters start to get more insulated and it gets easier and easier and easier with repetition to do that thing that was initially uncomfortable. That's neuroplasticity. And Often when we're in a a, a situation like this where where we recognize there's a personal bottleneck here, why do I struggle with this? Why do I keep doing this? I know this isn't in my best interest. Making that decision to do something different and do it again and again and again and get good at it is an essential human trait to be able to reprogram yourself, to make some activities that are really difficult for you now, really easy for you later.
0: Yeah. Yeah this sounds a a lot like atomic habits where you start to have these cues and then you start to do this routine and then you do it over and over again to where it's now it's second nature. So like it's like habit building, I guess that's that's part of neuroplasticity. I don't know that I don't know the terms very well or this whole, I don't know the, the I don't know if this is a legit science. So take this for a grain of salt people listening right now, but, but, but it's, it makes sense. And I'm looking on Google right now just to make sure we're not blowing absolute smoke up your asses here. But from what I'm seeing, this is real stuff. This yeah. is
1: real stuff. This is like Nobel Prize winning scientists that I'm, that I'm quoting what I've learned you know, reading books over the years. So the neuroplasticity thing, it's really easy. So for example, Brian, like you get prickly when you're frustrated.
0: And you have this wonderful skill at making me frustrated sometimes.
1: <laughs> this is true. But I've gotten better at like, when, when sometimes you're like, it's like, okay, Brian's frustrated. He needs to vent that by verbally-
0: abusing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A,
1: a little yeah. bit. Uh, and then I've got to find a way to navigate around that. But you do that because that's how you're used to, you've done it so many times.
0: So that you're in the sled. That's my uh, my Jamaican bobsledding route that got me the gold medal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. The Jamaican, yeah.
0: So I think uh, I think before we wrap this episode up, Chris, we should talk about maybe a, a fourth little bonus personal bottleneck here that you just happened to add to the list. And I argued with you off off air. And then we decided this is probably worth adding, and this is a, a bottleneck of, of blind spots where we have mental state, we have time, we have skills, but the, the issue that can hold us back even further is these blind spots where we don't know which one of these things are an issue. Or we don't know which priorities we should go after or which skills we should develop or which, which areas we can either minimize or uh, systemize or eliminate to get more of our time back. We don't know these things. So blind spots are a, a massive area. I think most people struggle with this. I know you have blind oh, spots, big Chris. Time. Lord willing, I know you do and God knows I have blind spots. So this is this is a, this is another one where I don't think there's a, um, I don't think there's an end state. It's another one of those infinite games where we will always have blind spots and they are inherently we don't know about them or else they wouldn't be blind spots.
1: It's a little different than priorities. Priorities is okay, you have all the information. Now put that information in the right order. Act on those things in the right order. Blind spots is not having all the information that you should have and thinking that you do.
0: Well, that's the worst, yes. You know, those people that are like, they know just enough to be dangerous and they're so adamantly correct about whatever they're talking about.
1: Yeah, I am those people. Like everybody I know is-
0: Every ma- like, only masking engineers are those people. They're the ones who have the least <laughs> amount of information and they're, their most, they're the most adamant that they're correct. We, we, yes.
1: Well, and that's the funny thing is that often when you watch a superhero movie, the villain isn't actually a villain. They just have a massive blind spot. Like, let's take, who's the big purple guy from Marvel? I'm making everyone really mad right now. Thanos. Thanos is not evil. Thanos has a blind spot. And that blind spot is that he thinks that the ends justify the means. It's like, everyone's going to prosper if I kill half of the universe. I like the outcome, but the man, the way you're getting there is the worst thing thing ever even though there's like this dispassionate like at random like it that's so messed up you go back to the original iron man thing and iron man's like older buddy he was motivated by the greater good but his blind spots made him do evil in the service of the greater good
0: yeah and i I get what you're saying i like these analogies but our audience isn't going to go kill off half the world at least hope i hope you don't i hope our audience isn't like that the, the point remains the same, which is when we have blind spots, we either do stupid things or we do the wrong thing or we do nothing.
1: Yeah. Those are three dangerous things. And I, I tell you, if I had to look back at myself when we started this podcast before then. Which is fun. It's literally like a time capsule. You can go back and listen to
0: episode one through 50 and hear old Chris Graham at any point that you want. You won't because you haven't listened to episodes one through 50 ever in your life, but you could.
1: It's a time capsule. The, the thing I struggled with the most was blind spots. You know, that's the reason like my marriage failed is I, I had a blind spot. I thought reality was one way. It was not. I was not completely grounded in what was actually happening around me. I had other software running in the background that was freaking my shit out <laughs> all the time, giving me nightmares every night. But the blind spots, the blind spots I think are the saddest of the personal bottlenecks.
0: I would agree with that. Well, sort of, because sometimes the mental state, there are flaws that you know about. It's not a blind spot and you refuse to address. I think that's the saddest. But other than that, I think blind spots are the second saddest.
1: If you know your problem and you don't fix it, that is, thank God, I feel like, and I hope this isn't a blind spot, that that's not an area I've struggled with.
0: I don't know, Chris, this is a blind spot for sure. Yeah.
1: If I have a blind spot and I don't know about it, like, oh, (laughs) I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got the joke, guys. When I have a blind spot, like I look back at my life now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would do so many things differently, especially in regards to how I treated other people. I think where you start to get in a weird spot is you start to say, well, the ends justify the means. Like, partner can deal with my grumpiness; they should because of how hard I'm working. Or,
0: yeah, that's a dangerous. Yeah, man.
1: Like you start to get on all these slippery slopes, and like humans are creatures of blind spots. For me, those blind spots are part of how we operate. And I, you know, I look at like, okay, well, I had this thing happen to me when I was a kid. Uh, I erased it. That is it's called disassociative amnesia. It was something my, my brain did to survive. It created a blind spot for me so that I could move on. And thank God. And that maybe this is too intense for, for this topic right now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to fill out like how this ties into the blind spot in, the, in a way that is relevant to our audience because I'm not sure that it does.
1: I think, suffice it to say, when there is a blind spot, it sabotages everything because blind spots often beget blind spots.
0: Yeah, It's like a cancer. It's like, if you know you have cancer, things can be, especially early on, things can be done to treat it and to potentially eliminate it. If you don't know you have cancer, if it is a blind spot to you, for you, you can find it later on and it's even more difficult to deal with or it can just kill you outright and you never knew you had it.
1: Blind spots spread like cancer. And yeah, I look back at, at my, my story and I, I wish, to add one more superhero here, I wish I'd been able to be blind spot man. It's like blind spot man has no blind spots. He is aware of reality that's his superhero power he's aware of reality i don't
0: know there's some things i am blissfully ignorant of <laughs> like i don't want to know what the like your pinky the between your pinky toe and your second toe smells like and that's a blind spot i'm okay with having chris
1: easily solved brian easily solved yeah.
0: blind spot man knows that and and he has to live with that that knowledge for the rest of his life
1: th- there th- that blind spot <laughs> man is incredibly powerful but he's also probably very sad. So our, our blind spots. Blind spot man is, a, is an anti-hero. <laughs> and that's the weird thing. And I think a, a good place to end this topic on.
0: Yeah, because it's end of day and we're getting off into weird, weird subtopics now. Yeah.
1: Us normies that are not blind spot man have blind spots, not necessarily because they're flaws, but they're a product of nurture. They're a product of our effort to survive on planet Earth and our evolution and you know previous versions of humans benefited from having certain types of blind spots. And now those are no longer beneficiary and we have to work through them. We are a strange breed, Brian, because for a long, long time, we were hunter-gatherers and we are not hunter-gatherers anymore, but we are most well adapted to being hunter-gatherers. So our blind spots in modern society are ample. And that is the long-term, I think, journey of a modern human is to start to, to really question, what are my blind spots? What are the assumptions that I have?
0: Well, I don't think you can I don't think you can find those. I think this is the one area that that you absolutely cannot do on your own. You have to have someone else, mentors, coaches, you have to have friends, a therapist, preferably the pricklier the friend, the better when it comes to blind spots because they're not going to hold shit back from you. Like Chris, if you came to me and asked me point blank about things that you wanted to know blind spots, I would tell you 100% without holding back. And I would try to deliver it nicely. I'm not no, a you freaking wouldn't.
1: I mean, <laughs> demon. <laughs> I would try. It depends on, the, depends on the, the blind spot. That's, I think, the thing. That's an essential ingredient in a healthy relationship is that the person that you're in the relationship with is able to tell you where your blind spots are, but that you also have the ability to hear them and accept it. That's, there's two pieces of that.
0: Kind of how you called me prickly earlier, and I said, man, I feel personally attacked by this, <laughs> by this bald man looking at me right now, but damn it, he's right.
1: It's difficult, and I think that's one of the things that makes my friendship so with you so fun for me is that we have a good feedback loop, and like, we're both prickly enough to tell the truth without being cognizant of the consequences emotionally to each other when we do that.
0: And we have to all have friends like that though to help because those friends are the ones that, that will call out blind spots and not and not hold back because of the fear of making you feel bad. And there are some things I don't bring up because it's not going to benefit either of us to bring up. that's just being a good friend. But there are certain things where like blind spots that are detrimental to someone, you have to bring those up as a friend. You have to bring this up for people, even if they'll hate you for it.
1: You just uh, tiptoed around a really interesting Pandora's box of stored up complaints and feedback. <laughs>
0: And, and we're going to leave it at that. So come back for uh, next week's episode. Where we'll tackle business bottlenecks. There's five of them. We didn't even get to in this episode, but you know what? Sometimes these episodes evolve into their own thing. And, uh, and I kind of like it. I like these two part episodes where we get to kind of dive deeper into like an initial outline we had just because there's, I mean, man, I didn't think we talked for so long about the, around these personal bottlenecks or these personal single points of failure or whatever you want to call these personal ones. But this has been a good episode because I feel like I have to now go self-reflect. I'm going to go, I'm going to, when this episode comes out, I'm going to listen to it on my walk and just think through objectively as a listener, what kind of shit I have to deal with as uh, a husband, a business person, an influential source of information. Like, and I don't say that as egotistical, but like we have thousands of people listen to us. So I have to make sure that I'm in a healthy spot. If my mental state is not good and I'm not coming from a healthy place, then I'm passing on my dirty fuel to other people. So I also have to, to take that into account. We're sorry
1: about that, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're sorry
1: for our flaws. And I, I think to end this, One of the things that I love the most about being a small business owner is that my small business gives me feedback about what I am getting better at and what I'm getting worse at. And there's an impetus there to work on myself so that I can prioritize better, that I have less blind spots, that I have more free time, that I'm just generally a healthy person because I know if I'm healthier, my business will do better. You're not going to do better by being less healthy. And I think that's where these personal bottlenecks start to get so interesting is a lot of people experience a lot of personal growth because their business revealed flaws in them. And that's absolutely like, I don't know that I would have ever got into therapy if it wasn't for my businesses. Like it's, I started to see patterns in my life. of like, why do I do this? Why do I keep doing that? Why can't I stop doing this? So when it comes to these personal bottlenecks, there's a big opportunity for not just the cancer of blind spots to spread through your life, through your, through your business. But when you start to get healthy, healthy begets healthy. When you start to get healthier for your business, you often start to get healthier for other relationships and other parts of your life. And that's cool. That makes this podcast not just about, here's how to make more money by doing what you love. Like, here's how to take what you love and not just make money with it, but lead a better life be able to get that feedback from your business about what are your blind spots? What are your flaws? What are your priority issues? And to start to pour that back into growth. So tune in to next week's episode where we're going to talk about how to make more money
0: because we need money. Woo-hoo! Let's make some money, Chris. Money, money, Always money. Always be
1: selling. A, B, C. It's all about the money, y'all. It's all about the money. A, yeah. B, C. Profit.
0: <laughs> we just lost all of our <laughs> listeners.